Okay, can you relate to a few of these as you uh, go through your year? Have you already written your New Year's resolutions? Do you already have them ready to go? Uh, are you so discouraged by last year's that you, you, you decided not to, to do that? Well, today we're going to talk about productive and uh, share a little story with you as we begin. Um, I think it was 2002. I had lost my house and my job. And uh, so uh, we were trying to get a house, and so I picked up two jobs. I got a job installing fireplaces in uh, new homes. Uh, it wasn't brick. It was these prefab things. I would go and, and, and put these fireplaces in. And then I also got a job at FedEx so that I would have insurance. So in the, in the morning, I would leave about 5 o'clock in the morning and uh, go to FedEx, deliver packages till about noon, and then from noon until... Uh, usually 8.30, 9.30 at night, I would uh, put in fireplaces and then go home, eat, go to sleep, and start it all over again because I was determined that I was going to be incredibly productive so that we would be able to get enough money of it for a down payment, uh, get a loan on a house. And so I did this for about six months and worked and worked and worked. And yes, it was hard, but it was really worth something. And and uh, I went to the, the banker. I said, okay, here it is. I've got this much money saved up, and here's my income. He goes, um, FedEx, that's a, that's a part-time job. That does not count. Uh, oh, you're putting in fireplaces? Oh, that's good income. That's good. Oh, that's self-employed. You'd have to do that for two years for that to count. That does not count. So I worked really, really, really hard, but I wasn't productive. And I, I can guarantee you a couple of things about 2021. By the way, throughout the whole message today, I'm going to talk about 2021. When I say 2020 by accident, you just yell one, okay? Just yell one, all right? So uh, there's a couple of things I think we can be sure about in 2021, and that's this. You're going to be busy. You're going to be really busy in, in 2021. How do I know that? You're really busy now. Secondly, you're going to work hard. There's, there's going to be many, many things that you're going to work hard at, not just your job, but other areas of your life. You're going to work hard in 2021. And there's something else I know. There are going to be forces that come into play. There are going to be things that happen that come into play that you have no control over. So how do you be productive? How do you not just be busy? How do you not just work hard? How do you be productive in 2021? How do we make it a great year? Well, we're going to work through a passage in James. And in this passage, the, 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 the passage is not actually specifically about production. I'm going to teach you some principles for it, and then we're going to apply that to being productive. It starts out with this. It says, uh, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, most of the time, that's where we, fo we focus. Like, okay, just have joy, and you can have joy in hard times. This message has nothing to do that with that whatsoever. It has to do with what comes after it. He says, whenever you face trials. Now, trials are, are, are times, they can be temptations. They can be times when you go through something you did not expect. Almost always, it's something out of your out of your control. Many, many times it's caused by something you did, but sometimes nothing to do with what you did. Now, here's, here's a little twist on this I want you to grab a hold of. 
We live in the United States of America where in comparison to when this was written, the trials are different. They were going through severe persecution. They also were going through some pretty heavy-duty poverty because of the persecution. In America, we are inundated with opportunity. In fact, as I look around this, our family, we're inundated with opportunity. There's so much opportunity in 2021. The same principles apply to opportunity as trials because opportunity always brings stress. Whatever great thing that you want to accomplish in this year, it's going to bring trouble along with it. And sometimes the greater vision you have, the greater opportunity you have, the more trial that can be a part of it. Does that make sense? Okay, so whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing, testing is to, to prove, to find out if something's worth anything. It, can it stand up? And testing has two sides to it. This proving has two sides to it, as he's going to show us in just a minute. One is to find out what, what, what do you have? What kind of integrity do you have? Do you have the ability to solve problems? Do you have the ability to, to take a situation and look at it and go, okay, I'm going to take responsibility in this situation? You're tested to find out. Do you have love? Do you have compassion? Do you have patience? It also, if you don't have that, it also can grow that. Testing can grow these characteristics into your life. He says, for the testing of your faith produces. Produces. That's where production comes in. It produces. He says, Perseverance. Perseverance is, is also patience. It's the ability to hold up under pressure. It's the ability to hold up under pressure, to be able to be productive under pressure. He says this, let perseverance finish its work. Let See, patience or being put under pressure and practicing perseverance produces something. And you don't want to shortcut it. You don't want to quit. As a matter of fact, productive people don't quit. This is a characteristic of productive people. When they run into trouble, and when they have great opportunity, but it turns into trouble, they don't quit. It's core to being productive is don't quit. Don't take shortcuts. Now, we live in America where you can go on the internet at any time and they will show you 50,000 shortcuts to everything. And many, many people actually believe, I grew up believing this, I believe, I believe that the way that you succeed is you learn all the shortcuts. You want to get the most for the least amount of effort. God in this particular passage says, no, 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 no. Perseverance needs to produce something. And if it's going to produce something, no shortcuts. And you don't blame others. You don't say, I'm not productive because of this and because of that and because of them. No, 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 no. We don't quit. We don't take shortcuts. We don't blame others. So that, and this is what it produces, so that you may be mature. Mature is the idea is you've become full of age. 
um, if you guys are into wine at all, right, then you, you want a wine that's aged completely, right? It's gone all the I don't know anything about that. I'm just guessing. Just if I'm on the right track, yeah. But I do understand the principle that it takes this time for it to come to full of age. And complete. Complete is whole. That there's no missing parts. They're all there. Not lacking anything. Oh, I love that experience. I love the experience of not lacking anything. In the simplest form, it's like this. You're walking through the grocery store, right? And and then there's this, this sweet little old lady, and she can't reach the top shelf. And she goes, hey, big strong man, would you please help me out and grab that? I love that feeling. I got, I'm not lacking anything. I got everything it takes. Sometimes we interact with this around here. You guys know I'm a bit of a builder, and and so you guys will be building on, you'll be working on something, and I'll walk in, and and they'll go, oh man, let me go get my truck, get my tools. I got what you need. I'm not lacking anything. Now, this is important, guys. Listen, because, see, you often think, and I think, that when I become productive, I'm valuable. When I become productive, I'm valuable. Everything around us tells us this. Everything tells us this. That, listen, you're not really valuable until you become productive. You need to become productive. You need to produce lots of things. You need to get rich, and you need to to produce and produce and produce and produce then I'll be valuable. But you know what that leads to? It leads to shortcuts. You see, it leads to enormous pressure. It leads to guilt. It leads to, man, I'm not enough, I'm not enough. Why, because I'm not producing enough. If I produce enough, if I produce enough. This is just rampant in our society. Set your goals, meet your goals, you will be so fulfilled. Set more goals, because you really weren't fulfilled. And keep setting goals and keep doing that. Why? Because one day you're going to be valuable because of look at everything you produced. It's a lie. No, it's not true. This is what's true. Valuable things and valuable people are productive. Yeah. Anything that's actually valuable, it naturally produces. You see, what God is after, God is not after building. People often talk about God building his kingdom as if like God's trying to build this organization. He's trying to build these buildings and he's trying to build this big thing. No, that's not what God's doing. God is building people. You see, why is God building people? Because anybody who's valuable, he wants to build that value into you. He wants to build you so much value into you that you are full of age. You're mature. You don't have to grow up anymore. You've grown up. You're complete. You don't lack anything. You can walk into any situation and have the love and the composure and the problem solving and the wisdom 
to help, to be valuable, to make a difference. That's incredible, right? That's <laughs> really incredible. That you may be mature, complete, not lacking anything. Now, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Now, when I read this passage for many years of my life, I, would, I always tried to get like, wisdom, like, why am I going through this trial? Why am I going through this trial? How do I be joyful in this trial? God, I need wisdom to be able to do that. Let's try, let's try this instead. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. Wisdom is first and foremost God's perspective. It's the ability to see the world and see the situation the way God sees the situation. Have you ever tried to fix something, but you couldn't see it? So you get your phone out, flashlight on, right? You can't see it. You can't see what's there. When you try to fix something and you cannot see what's actually right, you'll almost always break it. You need God's perspective to see what it is. I'm sure many times in your life, you've done something wrong your whole life, and it's been really, really hard, and somebody walked up to you one day and goes, you know, that's not the way it works. Turn it around like this. And you're like, oh my goodness, if I'd have known that my whole, I can't believe it. That's what wisdom is. You're seeing it from God's perspective. And secondly, wisdom in the Old Testament, wisdom was skill. He talked about them having the wisdom to be able to build the tabernacle, and they, they had the ability, they had tool, to use tools. They, they were wise. They could use the truth the way it should be used. Knowing the truth does you no good if you don't know how to use it. Being really smart and having a lot of knowledge does you no good if you don't know how to use it. And so what God is doing is he's saying, listen, in these trials, in these opportunities, I want to complete you. I want to grow you. And if you lack wisdom with what to do with this and how to grow and what to do, ask me. I'm going to give it to you. Now, this is a really strong... Oh, by the way, uh, next passage says this. Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a, gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to understand, look, we only have so many days, so I better use them wisely. Now, as you've watched the world work, and I, there's a really good chance this is happening to you. If you have talent, you can be really productive without that much wisdom. Some of you have talent, you have charisma, you have a lot of natural skills. And so you produce. And you're rewarded for being produced and you're like, I must be valuable, look how much I'm producing. And then there's others who have very little talent and they produce very little. They, ha they don't have charisma, they don't, ha they don't have much. This is how it works. For the person who has talent, and they trust that talent, as their life goes on, they trust what they produce, and they don't listen to others, and they don't learn from trials, and when they run into trials, their number one goal is to get out of the trial. 
When they get into a bad relationship, their number one goal is to get out of the pain. They'll do whatever it takes to get out of the pain. When they're lonely, their number one goal is to get out of loneliness. I'll do whatever it takes to get out of loneliness. And by the time you get my age, you're a cocky, bitter, lonely old man. And your production goes down, 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 down. If you don't have talent or you don't trust your talent, and you see that, wait a minute, in this trial that I'm in, God wants to do something in my life. So I need his wisdom. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to increase in my skill by staying in here. I'm going to stay in this trial. And God, I need your wisdom. God, grow me, show me, what do I need to do here? And he begins to grow your skill and your perspective and your skill and your perspective and your skill and your perspective. And by the time you get to be my age, you're full of joy. And you become more and more and more productive. Why? Because of what God is doing inside of you. Not because of what you're producing, but because God is what God is doing inside of you. He says, he would give, and whatever you ask, the, that God gives, and this is what it says about God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, it will be given to you. Isn't that amazing? Your past does not disqualify you. If you're here this morning and you have blown it, and you... You've done, you've done the opposite of productive. You've ruined everything. That does not disqualify you. Your weakness does not disqualify you. You, you don't understand. I, 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 I'm just no good at anything. I'm just not productive. doesn't disqualify you. God will generously pour this out on you. 2021 promises, God promises to make you more productive, more mature, more complete, and not lacking in anything. But there is a little qualifier here. He says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Now, I know there's a few of you, and there's a good chance there's many of you in here that like, believe. I gotta believe. I gotta believe. I gotta believe. I gotta believe. And and your, your idea of belief is Disney, right? I feel it, I feel it, I feel it. It's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen, I know it's going to happen, I know it's going to happen. And you just feel like it's going to happen and you have all this confidence and you're sure it's going to happen. You'd even run up on this stage and says, I know what God's going to do. God is going to do it. I'm so excited about it. Woohoo! That's Disney. But it's not biblical. Biblical faith is when I act on God's word regardless of how I feel. Biblical faith is when I not only believe, think it's true, I act like it's true. I can be scared to death. I can be like, I I don't feel like it. I don't think he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to do it. But I know what I'm going to do. I'm I'm going to act as if he is going to do it. You can can be full of faith and feel fear at the same time. 
you can be full of confidence and disobedient at the same time. You can feel like God is there. You can feel like God's going to do all this stuff, but you don't act on it. He says, listen, you must believe and not doubt. Doubt is not a feeling. Doubt is when you go half and half. Doubt is when you hedge. Doubt is when you go, okay, this is what God says, and God says this is what he's going to provide for me, and God has said this is what I'm going to do. That's great. That's great. I'm, I'm in. I'm in with this foot. But just in case he's not, I'm going to put this foot over here. This is what he says. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. In other words, I'm with God. I'm with the world. I'm with God. I'm with the world. I'm with God. I'm with the world. They're just back and forth and back and forth. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded. That's not an accusation. That's a fact. You're going two places. And unstable in all they do. Let's be clear about this. God makes this incredible promise and then he makes one of the strongest warnings of the Bible. If you do this, living in both worlds, you get nothing. This blows a lot of our faith away, guys. A lot of us believe, if I just try, like, I'm going to take little steps and follow Jesus. I'm working at it. No, you're not. Your faith is one half God, one half world. And you know what he says? This is strong. You get nothing. So, what do we want to do? Well, what we want to do is we want to be single-minded. We want to plant our feet in one world. It's a little bit like this. Uh, have you ever gone cliff diving? That's where you jump off a cliff into a river or a lake or something like that. Ever been? Good. Hey, there's a couple of us. That's good. That's good. When I was younger, I'm not all, I'm not all that sure I'd do it now. When I was younger, we went to a cliff It was 40 feet tall. It might have been 20, but in my story now, it's 40. <laughs> and you, you come up to that, that edge of that thing, and you're like, whoa. And people are jumping off it, so you know it's safe, right? You know it's okay. You can do it. And I would come up with that thing. And then you get back here. And what I have to do is I just have to go. I have to run so fast that when I get to the cliff, I can't stop. Awesome, man. Awesome. I love experiences like that. You are so alive. It's amazing. That's how you follow Christ. 
That's what, that's what Christ says he calls on you to do. Not both worlds. One world. All in. Here we go. No turning back. That's how you receive wisdom. So if we're going to do that, there's a, there was an article I looked up, and, and it said, well, there's reasons why you don't take steps like this. And they had really good reasons. One of them was that uh, you don't want to die. You don't want to die. And at first I thought, oh, that's silly. That's not what we're talking about. Really? Really? With God, what God is going to call you to and the trial you're going to go through in 2021, some of you are going to go, I can't go all in. I'll die. You'll really feel that way. No, 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 it's too dangerous. I, I got I to hedge it. Another one was dismemberment. The reason why we don't jump off cliffs is because we don't want to lose an arm. <laughs> that makes sense, right? I don't want to get hurt. I guarantee you, in the trials you're going to go through in 2021, you're going to risk. If you walk over here and you say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I am going to put my faith in you. God, I'm going to ask for your wisdom in this situation. You're risking getting hurt. Like, well, not really. No. You will believe that you're risking dismemberment. Another one was rejection. Now that one you can relate to, right? All of you know that if 2021 you decide that you're going to stop living in both worlds, you're just going to live in one world, you know you're going to be rejected. You know you will be. It scares you to death. The last one was ego. The loss of control. Oh, man, does that apply to this? Why? Because when I, when I take my foot out of the world and I trust in Christ alone, my entire life is in his hands, not my hands. The result is in his hands. What I produce, who I become, my image, it's all in his hands. I don't get to control any of that. You know what's even worse? You know what's really bad about this? If you follow Christ, if you step out of the world and you only follow Christ, you get no credit. He gets all the credit. Like, you don't get to the end of your life and go, whoa, Jesus, did you see the life I lived? <laughs> Wasn't I something? That's not what happens. And you know it. If you step into the only following Christ, no, I'm going with what God says. Now, what you do get is amazing wisdom. What you do get is you lack nothing. And you can walk into situations, you can walk into your career, you can walk into your your loved one's lives, you can walk into your church's life and you can love and be wise and give truth and care for. You can be the one who lacks nothing. The reward is incredible, but so is the risk. 
So, how do we do this? One, asking God as the ultimate source. What does that mean? You do not ask God for his advice. You do not go, okay, there's what the Bible says, there's what Aunt Susie says, and there's what I feel. No, 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 no. God is the ultimate source. What God says is what's true. Number two, tell godly people what you heard from God. When you pray for wisdom, you tell godly people what you heard from God and ask for their wisdom. In other words, does this fit with what God says? Now, this is very important. You tell the whole story and you tell them before you act. If you tell people after you act, you're like, oh, at least I told them. I get points for that, right? That's like the parent that goes, you know, the kid comes in and goes, yeah, I, I broke the, this, and I, I disobeyed you here, and I, and I did this, and I went out with Susie, and, I, and you're like, oh, at least you told me. That's good. That's punishment enough. That's nuts. Don't do that. And that's not how this works. How this works is if you tell after, all that means is you got one, world, one foot planted in, the, in God and one foot planted in the world. Number three, using the Bible as my filter. What do you mean? I mean that everything that you think is wise, every step that you're going to take in response to, hey, I've asked, I'm in this trial, I've asked God for wisdom, I think this is the wise thing to do, I think this is what God has told me to do, I, you go back to the Bible, and it's a filter. You run that through the Bible. Does it fit what the Bible says? You're like, well, I don't know what the Bible says. Then take 2021 to find out what the Bible says. You do not get to live with the excuse, I don't know. You live in a time where there's more access to the Bible and, and, and Bible teaching than any other time in history. You spend 20 minutes a day learning the Bible. By the end of 2021, you're going to know a lot about what the Bible has to say. And at the very least, join a group and talk to people. Find out what the Bible has to say. But the Bible is my filter. So when you come back and go, yes, I'm going to this trial, but I know this. God wants me to be a millionaire. I, I, I just believe it. No, he doesn't. The Bible teaches the exact opposite. Don't love money. Money is not the measurement of success. So you use it as a filter. You're like, oh, okay, that's wrong. What's right? Here's the big one. Commit to obeying God first time. Now, uh, this is a, a phrase we use around Skyline, and people use it in, in lots of places. But when you raise your children, you should raise your children to, to obey first time. Obey first time means this. Johnny, pick up the toys. Johnny turns and goes and picks up the toys. Hey, uh, Clean up your plate and uh, go wash your hands and get to bed. Johnny does not speak back to you. He does not talk back to you. He does not negotiate with you. He does not tell you he's going to, but then go do something else. Johnny gets, cleans up his plate. He gets down. He goes, why? Because we obey first time. You can ask questions after you obey. Huge principle. You can talk about and discuss all kinds of things with your children after they obey. Now. How does God work? How does God work? My wife and I were just talking about this yesterday. This actually wasn't part of the message, but I think it fits. Parents, maybe they did it at some point. I don't know. 
But Lori and I were committed not to doing this, and thank goodness we were. Parents think they need to explain things to children. They they need to ask them, why did you do that? Timmy, why did you hit your sister? Let's talk about why did you hit your sister, and do you see that drunk... I just, want to, I just want you to unload this thought on you. In your life, when you sin, has God ever come to you and gone, Billy, I just want to know why you sinned. <laughs> Billy, just let, let's, let's talk about why, why did you do that? Never, ever does God do that. He says, that's sin. Turn away from it. That sin, here's the discipline. That sin, here's the warning. Does God ever talk to you like, hey, why did you? No. Why? Because God is the one who came up with obey first time. Because obeying first time is the greatest character builder known to mankind. So there's this this coaching. Sorry, I'm checking the time. I looked up coaching. Because this is the idea, right? We're we're coaching. God's going to coach you. He's going to teach you. You're going to get wiser. You're going to build these skills, all right? Now, coachability. This was from uh, something works. I can't remember the first name. Coachability is not a technical skill or an inherent ability. It is a mental attitude. It is defined by your ability to be coached. It is determined by your emotional ability to withstand the unnecessary constructive criticism and pressure from your coach. It requires you to do so without losing your positive spirit, without slacking your motivation and effort. It also defined by your ability to adopt and to improve as required. It's exhausting, right? It's exhausting. It's even more exhausting as it was, okay, well, how do you become better at being coached? You reprioritize your values, learn to value effort and hard work over results and actions. As you achieve your goals, constantly set new goals. This will sustain mental growth. Schedule regular self-reflection sessions to monitor all your improvements, no matter how big or small. Be willing to try new learning tactics, especially those that take you out of your comfort zone. Or you could obey first time. It's not complicated, guys. It's not like that. The greatest step you can take in 2021 is this step right here. I'm not living in both worlds anymore, I'm not dating in both worlds. I am not consuming entertainment in both worlds. I am not going to spend my time of ministry and pouring things into both worlds. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to take shortcuts. I'm not going to blame other people. I'm going to ask God for wisdom. And he's promised me He will use what I am going to go through in 2021 to make me mature and complete and not lacking anything. In other words, 
by the end of 2021, I'm going to be way more productive than I am now. And so, I'm not going to say all four of them. I'm going to say the one. And so, I am going to practice obeying first time. Now, for all of you, I'm going to pray right now. And as I pray for all of you, there's going to be one thing that God's going to say. This is the one thing I want you to start with. God doesn't ask you to obey first time on everything at, at one time. He doesn't do that. It's amazing how God works. He doesn't say to you, perfect yourself. He says, I will perfect you as you obey me and my voice one step at a time. But that step is not a struggle. It's not something I'm going to work on. It's obey first time. As I pray, listen to God's voice. What is that one thing? And would you dare to step out of the world, put both feet on Jesus, and in this one area, for 2021, you're going to obey first time. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you take trials and opportunities, and you, you, you're not interested in what we produce. You're interested in making us whole so that we can produce when it counts. Oh, I love it. Jesus, I ask for wisdom. Would you increase our ability to see what you see, to see the world as it really is, to see the spiritual world as it really is? Secondly, would you increase our skill, our ability to apply the truth, to use it as a tool to love and care for and protect, to provide, to lead, to serve. Now, you, you've promised us that you will. You promised us the answer is yes to what I just asked for. I personally, Lord, am committing to obeying you first time in some very specific things in my work life. Folks, before I pray for you, would you just listen? What, what is it that God is calling you to obey him in? Lord Jesus, give us the clear, like just, just clear, clear mind, clear heart to see. It's this simple. We either believe you or we don't. We are either going to obey you or we're not. I pray for our people. I pray for our church. Give us the faith patience to obey you every time in this one area throughout all of 2021. In your name we pray. Amen.